Welcome to the Utah Podcapalians, a podcast for the Diocese of Utah, where we look at our unique Episcopal Church in this great, unique land of Utah. And today, we have two special guests, Karen Gleason and Ingrid Van Zanten, who come to us from the youth ministry and Camp Tuttle. Now, I have to say they're perfect for this ministry because all winter long, is it would be snowing and cold and everyone was grumpy. All they would do is smile and say how they were looking forward to being on ropes courses, singing and playing the guitar around campfire, having fun at camp. And we were all so grumpy. And now it's the chance to talk about camp and we have our weather is better. Fortunately, the pandemic is at the point where kids can come back we can enjoy camp, and I know the kids have missed it probably as much as you've missed it. And, you know, I just want to start by asking, why is camp important in a ministry? What is it about what we do? Well, it's not what we do. I don't do a darn thing. What you guys do up at Camp Tuttle, why is that really important? Uh well, first, we're super happy to be here, Craig, and we love, um, and Nick, and we love talking about camp. And um, of course, we think that um, camp is uh, important for a variety of reasons, but particularly this year, uh, kids have been cooped up at home. They've been having to adapt to life uh, on Zoom, and kids in the past year have just been in so many different places. They've, some of them are in-person schools, some of them are hybrid schools, some of them um, just strictly online. So it's so important this year for kids to get back outside at camp and sort of just be all on the same page, all on the same playing field and reconnect in person with their peers, whom I, I would assume they've been missing desperately. Why is it important to be around peers um, you know, I think there's probably some obvious thoughts that parents have, but I know, uh, particularly Ingrid, you've been in education for so long, and you've watched kids in the wintertime and the summertime, and Karen, you've been so active in the youth ministry, and prior to that, in parish ministry. What is it when you see kids get together with their peers in something that's creative like camp? What, what happens in that dynamic that's important? Oh, the kids, you can tell it. They've been away, like you said before, from being around each other. So when they get there, they're a little bit awkward probably when they first arrive mm -hmm. or they're really excited and they're not quite sure exactly how to react and act. And, and then, then you can see the things as they, they get more comfortable in their surroundings and around each other and we play games. The best thing is to be introduce everything with an icebreaker. And that's when the kids start to play games with each other and get comfortable with each other with our name games and things. And I don't know, there's really, I don't, it's hard to describe exactly what goes on. It's kind of magical sort of, we, we create an environment for kids to just really focus on themselves and focus on each other and building relationships, connecting genuinely, um, with another person, I think there's there's nothing in this in this life really that um, can compare to making a genuine human connection. 
And we see that um, every day, every moment at camp. And that I think is invaluable. You're talking that camp is more than just fun, that there's this reason it's, it's builds spirituality, it builds personality. You mentioned the names and I know you both have names because at staff meeting, I knew your names from camp long before I knew your personal names. And um, why don't you tell me, what are your names? Uh, my camp name is Frets, uh, like the frets of a guitar. That's where my name comes from. Uh, my name is Shine, so I just try to- It's pretty obvious why that. she's Shine. <laughs> oh, just try to, uh, I don't know. Once once you have your name, you have to live by it, right? Yeah, so, <laughs> it is. It almost seems like it defines you. That's important because it it shows that personality. It shows that you're you're building each one of these people in camp in youth ministry. And I know you carry your names over in all these activities. That it shows that people are not just a group of kids. I think often we think of kids as, okay, there's a whole bunch of kids and now there are adults that have real names. <laughs> and in what you have been able to do is to give each one of these, these kids an important personality. I won't ask you what my camp name would have been. I've never gone to camp. I've never had a camp na name. You know, Craig, we've been thinking, <laughs> we've been thinking about for this. a camp name for you. And you have to let us keep thinking on it because it needs to be just right. But it has to be like indicative of your storytelling and your humor and your charisma. So let us keep thinking. We'll get back to you on that. Oh, those are all names I haven't heard before. Back when I was in rock radio, my name was Chuck Roast. <laughs> Chuck, Chuck Roast. <laughs> But, nice. but I'm a vegetarian, so it was just totally <laughs> crazy. But that always sounded great. Chuck roast and the new, you know. So, uh, but I, I, I won't ask. Um, I got to come up there because it's just such a magical experience to be at Camp Tuttle. Um, you know, there are probably people that don't know where Camp Tuttle is. I know that's impossible to believe. <laughs> other than in the one of the most beautiful places in all of Utah. Why don't you tell me in 30 seconds about Camp Tuttle. Camp Tuttle is located about 45 minutes southeast of Salt Lake City up a beautiful canyon. It's called Big Cottonwood Canyon and it's nestled between ski, two ski resorts, Solitude and Brighton Ski Resorts. So we're located about 8,900 feet up elevation. So that makes it quite pleasant with all the nature and wildlife and it's quite cool actually so all summer long you'll be wearing a sweatshirt in the evenings yeah nestled uh nearby are seven mountain lakes and towering beautiful granite peaks of the wasatch mountains so just absolutely beautiful location and and there are moose too right mm-hmm <laughs> yeah moose and deer and moose cool. and deer raccoon and porcupines do they all have camp names yeah <laughs> Mr. Moose? Be hard to keep track of. <laughs> you know, and and we haven't been able to see camp for a year, basically. I mean, there's been some day activities and you've done wonderful stuff too during the time that the children were very isolated, like all the rest of us in the pandemic. 
And this is a very serious question because um, we do know the children are the last to be vaccinated for this terrible pandemic that uh, many of us, and particularly those of us that were as old as me have been vaccinated a long time and you youngins, it's taken you now just to get yours, but the kids have not yet been vaccinated, a lot of them. What are you going to do to keep it safe? And I know that's a very serious question and I'm sure it's on the, not just the back of the mind of many parents, but it's in the front of their minds. So I gotta ask you, what are you gonna do? Yeah, well, we um, pretty much our job in the past year has been uh, to consider safety measures of our staff and of our patrons and campers. So we do this very seriously and um, very thoughtfully. Karen and I have been planning with uh, Bishop Hayashi and other patrons um, and staff to plan the safest camp that we can. And pretty much in short, um, it involves um, three guidelines and that two of those three guidelines be followed at any given time. And that is that we're outside, we're masked or we're distanced. So uh, generally speaking, we're gonna be outside and distanced from each other, um, which is normally how camp is anyway. So that kind of benefits us. If we're inside and close by, for example, during meals or when we're in uh, the chapel singing and worshiping, we're gonna be wearing masks uh, and I think in this way, uh, we can keep everybody as safe as possible. Also, we also um, split all the camps in half. So we're gonna have half the amounts of people like- um, For half the time. For half the time. So we made shorter camps and half the camp uh, participants at the same time. So um, also in our, in our cabins, we only have five kids in a cabin for sleeping over versus we could have um, 12 before. 14 even. Even yeah. 14 mm -hmm. if we wanted to. Um, also, if if parents and campers feel more comfortable, they're welcome to be picked up in the evenings and brought back in the mornings if they just want to stay for the day. So we're going to make um, sure everybody feels safe and enjoy their time at camp. That's great. I'm sure that um, uh, that is something, probably every question when somebody says, okay, what are you going to do? Because kids just probably if you say all right you all stay six feet apart that's probably kind of hard to do to to tell every kid um now you stay six feet it would have been great in some of my little playground arguments okay kid, <laughs> six feet apart now you can start swinging <laughs> uh, <laughs> now you kind of brought up what you do in camp that you're outside a lot and that's probably good because you're in the most beautiful spot in all of Utah. Uh, I know some people in southern Utah might argue with you but uh, yeah. certainly at the mountains we just don't it doesn't get any better than up in that Brighton area where uh, Camp Tuttle is. You know um, when I was a kid those that went to camp um, they made I don't know they burnt leather belts and they made wood blocks or something that with their initials in them. Um, I assume that you've probably gone beyond that for particularly I know in the older kids, uh, you have high school camps and all that, that what are some of the things that you do in camp? We would have never guessed those of us who were children of the 50s, the 60s, 
Well, there aren't a lot of those anymore. Um, one of the last, but the 70s and the 80s, that shows that camp has changed, it has evolved. And, and what are some of the things you do that keep it relevant? We're just constantly recording and posting TikTok videos. That's oh, yeah. pretty much what we do all day. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny, this question really, because the things that make camp relevant are, we think, the things that don't really go out of style. Never. And that is giving kids safe and healthy opportunity and time to build a community with each other. And of course, you know, we have some of the classics that stand. Our adventure course and our ropes course has been long used and popular at camp, which um, we still utilize. And, and it's been upgraded over the years, you know, mm -hmm. new fun additions. We have a rock climbing wall, we play frisbee golf, and we go mountain biking and hiking. And, and those may be the things that you did at camp when you were a kid that we still do. But really, camp activities are kind of timeless. And they um, they stay relevant uh, sort of through through the decades. What do you what do you think, Karen? Well, also not only on um, the activities that carry over, um, but I see that when the kids get older, they actually start to go fall into a different role as well because they've been coming to camp ever since they were. Some of these kids have been coming to camp since they were eight, or some of them when they come at family camp, they come at like they're three years old. So as they get older. Um, they want to do some more things and they want more responsibility. So we do up the ante with more challenges and the higher ropes course, but also we do um, leadership programming throughout the whole time. So even when they come as little kids, we're like, oh, you could be a counselor someday. And so they, they have that in their mind. And then um, we do this, like as they get older, we do kind of like a mentorship as the kids get older. Um, and they be, a lot of these kids become counselors in training. And then they do the leadership roles. And so the kids look up to them, right? And they also are part of the, they want to have more responsibility. They, they even said that they'd like to be more involved with the decision-making. So we've actually brought them in. I was like, okay, what do you see you want on this retreat? So they help lead him sometimes as well. So it's a good mentorship the peers, program. The peers are, are um, very important and in leadership um, type activity. Um, I guess that it, what you're just saying, it sounds like respect and dignity for these kids uh, is, is so important. And I assume you still get some homesick ones, don't you? And, and is there yeah. a cure for homesickness? What do you do, you know, when you get that kid and you just say, uh-oh, this kid misses being home. Or misses the little doggy or something. Yeah, it's a dog. It's more than just. It's more than just home they're missing. But um, I'll I'll let Ingrid touch on a couple of those things. But the biggest thing we like to try to do is make sure we avoid three things. Right? Um, hungry. <laughs> we don't want them hungry. Um, we don't want them uh, tired. So we do try to combat a tired. But they they are tired because they're so busy all day. But we do like to have a rest time every day, and boredom. And so we always keep them active and busy and we talk about at the end of the day what did you find that was really exciting and what do you look forward to tomorrow so of course we always just distract and engage in what we're going to be doing but not only are they homesick we find that there's actually other things they're dealing with yeah you know we we talk about this more and more really every summer and that we have been experiencing kids that are going through 
what we can only assume is like technology withdrawals Ooh. when they come to camp. And it is, it's not, it's not fun for anybody really, but it is this, yeah, this lack of being connected by a phone or by a computer just 24 seven. And we, yeah, we get kids who you can tell are on because they can't check their phone and they can't, uh, they can't text, you know, their BFF. And it's, it's interesting and a challenge sometimes to keep them sort of in the present, keep them in, in a moment. And our counselors are trained, uh, you know, pretty rigorously on how to, how to redirect and how to re-engage and how to, um, you know, keep kids in the here and now there's, there's these wild statistics floating around, you know, all the time now about the amount of hours uh, preteens and teenagers spend on their phones. And I think it's, it's upwards of six hours, seven hours a day. So when you come to camp and suddenly are sort of in this natural environment with no technology, it it can be difficult Mm -hmm. to, 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 uh, adjust. And our camps are only two days this year. So this will be interesting about what we see. Yeah. Two or three days. Yeah. It's going to be interesting because you know, I think of when I was a kid, I'd spend my summers where we didn't have electricity. Yeah. And we didn't have phones and electricity. And of course, I turned out a mess. So maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe it is I don't know about that. Now, one thing that is also, I, I think, of interest, and that is, of course, Camp Tuttle is owned by the Episcopal Diocese. We are a religious organization. I know you have children from um, all kinds of faith traditions and um, or no faith tradition at all, and that um, all are welcome. But what do we do still that there's a reason that a religious organization, a faith-based organization owns a camp? How do you mix religion, spirituality, whatever you want to call it, and the daily activities in God's nature. What do you do about that? Um, and and what can a parent expect that maybe is very excited that the uh, child is in a religious environment or one that perhaps would wish that um, maybe that isn't so heavy on religion? What about that? Well, um, what makes our camp unique? is also we have our clergy of the week that stays with us all week long. Well, this year is half camp, so half week. Um, but they're engaged with part. the kids as well. Pardon? <laughs> Wait, what? Half a clarification. <laughs> uh, yeah, the top half, half the week. preferably. <laughs> half the week, yes. And uh, so it's great actually, they're engaging with the kids as well. So it's nice to have clergy, not only doing, doing performing morning prayer and getting the kids with, involved with that, but throughout the day, they're also doing yoga and theater and climbing and challenge courses with the kids as well. And then they close out the evening and connect with everybody through nature, through the campfire and singing and with each other through community um, by closing out the day with a chapel, evening chapel. Um, I think it, it helps the kids realize um, that our clergy are people too. And so they actually are able to connect and uh, in that way, with our Episcopal priests, as well as being included in a safe space. So the discussions that are being held are not really what you would have at, at school. No. So these are like 
some good discussion topics that are in a safe space, not only with our clergy, but with our staff that are also involved with the discussions that they feel safe about. Yeah. And I think like you mentioned, Craig, we have a variety of campers from all faith traditions. And what you can expect when you come to Camp Tuttle is you get an experience of the Christian community. And that is welcoming of all faith traditions. You don't have to be a Christian to enjoy the values and the community of a Christian community. And those are uh, kindness and love and respect and dignity. And it's nice to have that clergy member there to sort of sort of set the tone for for that um for the atmosphere and really you can't escape god's presence at camp god's love is is just abundant where we are and even if you don't believe in god i think you can connect to to the mountain and to the earth and to the land on which we recreate so for parents who who are uh, religious or not, you can ensure that your kid is going to have a safe experience at camp and connect to something uh, and someone, which uh, I think is, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to know that that's going to happen for your child. Yeah, well, here on the Utah Potcapalians, we're having a great discussion, at least I am, I hope you are too, uh, with Fretz and Shine. I, I just now you know, it's just hard to even think of you as Ingrid and Karen uh, because of all this time of only knowing you in these names. Um, I've been called many a names, but not one <laughs> that we use in podcasts. So this is always delightful to, to see that one thing that you talked about that uh, we, we've been talking about children. And then you mentioned family camp and I go, wait a minute, I gotta ask you about that. Camp used to be only for seven, eight-year-olds, and you put on the little T-shirt, and again, you would get your little leather belt that you would stamp your name in it and, and would burn your initials in your hand then on a wood block. And, and then, you know, I don't know. Again, I didn't go to camp. Um, yeah, I think you have, you, you have like a movie version of camp in your head. I, I, I think so, too. Movie and TV. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And and I regret that TV is probably how, what raised me in my life. Yeah. But I want to know, um, tell me about family camp before I get way sidetracked. What <laughs> is, what, and why? Why are we doing family camp? You know, even more these days, family camp is the perfect COVID friendly camp. Each family creates their own little pod, is in their own cabin, um, kind of operates uh, as a little unit. But family camp really is and has been, as long as I've been at camp, uh, a summer favorite. It is, mm -hmm. uh, it's my favorite weekend of the summer, I think. And um, there's lots of reasons for that. <laughs> so we have that intergenerational for sure. So it's great to see the young kids working with the grandparents. The grandparents are, are enjoying it just as much as the little kids. It's so nice to have them come. And I hear a lot of the parents say, they just love the fact that the bell will ring and it and they just show up <laughs> and they don't have to plan anything. And the food's cooked for them and the clean's all done up for them. And they just love to be a part of the family group dynamics together. Um, and they can choose to be doing the programs or not, or sometimes the parents don't want to take a nap and they give us the kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And I think, you know, anymore you hear about 
uh, intergenerational trauma and sort of, you know, the things that you can gain uh, from your grandparents, uh, you know, that aren't necessarily good and loving things, but for for generations of folks to participate in something so joyous and something so rewarding together, I think is really, really needed in these, in this day and age and camp family camp is the perfect opportunity for that. Oh, that's why we made actually it was our most popular. It, it closes out. Like we fill up family yeah. camp is filled up quickly. So we actually introduced a second family camp this year. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, we noticed that younger campers come a lot to the family camps. And so that's why we opened up, a, a, we called it beginner camp this year, but it's basically for families to come that might have a camper or a youth that's a little apprehensive of coming to camp or a bit younger, um, but it's for all ages as well. All ages. But we just wanted to make sure we had another opportunity for families to come together with their young campers or someone who just is not quite ready to come to camp on their own. This just sounds wonderful, all this. Um, are these camps still open? I guess I should have asked that at the very beginning. Yes. We went and said, boy, oh, you got to go. You got to yeah. go. And then you say, I'm sorry, but it's all all filled. I know Our, I like registered at a national park and I went through and they said, well, there's no space for it this summer. Oh. And it's like, how can you do that? So <laughs> I'm not uh, can camp. Can you, um, oh, you still got spaces? Yeah, you know, it's it's nice. Our family camp sort of bookend the summer this year. So we have one in the beginning, which hopefully can offer choices for families who, who need uh, time at the beginning or end of the summer. There's one that begins on July 8th and there's one that begins on August 13th and there's space still in both. Yeah, the beginner camp has plenty of space. The family camp at the end in August 13th is filling it's filling up. up. Yeah, it's filling up quickly. And I think this new beginner camp, people aren't, um, they're not quite sure what it is, but really it is a family camp uh, designed uh, to get a taste of camp for kids who are new or inexperienced or a little apprehensive, but really uh, when it when you boil it down, it's another family camp. And what about the, uh, the age sensitive camps, like your eight year old camp, your 12 year old camp? Yeah, they're, I think they're steadily filling up and I think they will um, continue to, to do so. We have again, capped the camps uh, for safety reasons, um, we haven't we haven't reached a capacity on any camp and yet. We have two sessions per age group now, so yeah. that makes more choices as well. Okay, choices, right? you have a website and information, mm -hmm. and that's just simply Camp Tuttle, right? Camp Tuttle. Camp Tuttle. Org. And Camp Tuttle, T U T T L E, named after the first bishop, bishop of the Daniel uh, Tuttle, yeah, uh, Daniel S. Tuttle, who, uh, yeah. That you didn't know that. But anyway, Sylvester, huh? Uh, that would have been his camp name, Sylvester. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but you can go to camptuttle.org and always on these podcasts, uh, just so there's some dignity and respect, I always ask Nick Cockrell, who records these, if he has any questions uh, and any comments. And Nick uh, from the communications office, who runs all the dials and records all these, just um, uh, with his perspective of uh, camp, and I know we've talked about it, and he's worked with your website. Nick, anything you want to add or anything you want to ask? Well, yeah, I, I have one one quick thing. So when I was a kid, I, I never got to go to Camp Tuttle, but I ended up going to a 
uh, a camp run by the Lutheran church up in Idaho called Camp Perkins. And one of my favorite things that uh, happened to me there was I had uh, mentors and advisors and camp counselors that I kept in touch with for years. And there's even one guy that I still have kept in touch with um, like over social media. And I just was curious if either of you, like how frequent of a thing that is, like, are there campers that you met years ago that keep in touch? And are there, is there like one or two quick stories that uh, you're proud of or that you love about that? I mean, Nick, this is, this is our whole, this is my whole life. Uh, I can say that pretty confidently in that my sort of close circle of friends and even sort of the circle of friends outside beyond that, it's all, it's camp folks. They're, they're my best friends. They're my longest friends. And they're the friends that I know that I'll continue to have as I age and as we grow together. Well, it's interesting you asked that because that was one of the things I thought was, you know, special and unique about camp. But, you know, a lot of our camps, Episcopal camps across the nation have this connection, right, with our kids. But I, I've been at the camp. This will be my 16th summer at camp. And when I look back at these kids that have been coming through camp and I have known them for the majority of their life and I look at them and, and we actually are so involved with their lifestyle. It's, it's interesting because Ingrid and I have been there for like, you've been there for 12 yeah, years? Yeah, this will be summer 13. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting because we actually, we um, go to their graduations and their choir concerts and their plays. Baby showers. Baby showers and now weddings. <laughs> weddings. <laughs> baby shower. All, yeah. So it's a lifelong um, connection. That's a good question, Nick. But yeah, it, I, I, feel, I feel like I'm like an aunt to mm -hmm. a lot of kids. Aunt Shine. Aunt, Auntie Shine. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Oh, thank you for sharing. Yeah, that is wonderful. Uh, did you ever make a leather belt that you stamped your initials in? No, no but you know, we do no, have- I think he's asking Nick. Oh, Nick. Oh, anyone, anyone. Oh, no. Uh, no. I did a Boy Scout camp, yeah. Uh, that's, uh, I did no. do some leather work there. Uh -huh. Maybe we need to make you a leather belt at camp. Oh, gosh, no, no. I, <laughs> as a vegetarian animal guy, I don't um, do that. So I would have. You don't subscribe, uh, okay. Yeah, I would have okay. a hard time. But, and, and you did mention one thing, and I know we're kind of running out of time, but it's always great to hear these. And, and uh, on a serious note, you mentioned that this is your life and you just returned from a ropes school that these camp things, you know what you're doing there, that for the safety of the children, the safety of families that do like these rope courses, which would scare me to death because they're over three feet above the ground. <laughs> yeah, well <laughs> over three feet. <laughs> I can't just like put my foot down and be okay on. Um, I would be scared of, but I know you, you go through these, you are all trained in various first aid. You're trained in all kinds of um, things that could happen that rarely, rarely do. But that, that's, again, the safety factors. And you did, you just did ropes. I mean, how to rescue kids off of ropes and all that. And yeah, it's, it's fun to, to tell people, but we are camp professionals. This is, um, we're, we are professionals in, in this area and a lot of areas. And um, yeah, just returned from a ropes course training, uh, two-week ropes course training uh, held by class ropes course. Uh, and 
yeah, feel uh, more, even more confident uh, than before in, in running our, and inspecting and sort of maintaining our, our ropes course. We, yeah, every, every little part of, of camp involving risk management and safety is, is considered and, and well taken care of. And really, yeah, is, is our life. <laughs> and I know that you stated that when you did this training, you were classified, um, certified in class one and class two training, but you've clocked how many hours you've had, and it's been over 500 hours on ropes course that yeah. Ingrid has yeah. been. Um, and and Frexis also, when we talk about instruction and just dealing with kids, you have quite the educational background too, that, um, that I mean, again, I, I, I think, Parents want to know that this isn't just a bunch of volunteers that yeah. show up. You are professionals that come from a background, both of you, that um, really have qualified you for this. Well, boy, this has been interesting. We've run out of time. We've been talking about Camp Tuttle. Um, a very important part of our youth ministry, not our only part of youth ministry. There's all kinds of things that the youth do that have words in them like go and be good and all that kind of stuff and Camp Tuttle. And it's all part of a program where um, children are so important in our faith tradition, but also so important in this world that in the summer, that we take advantage of the beauty of Utah. We take advantage of the beauty that um, we have been blessed with, with Camp Tuttle and with other youth ministry. Well, one thing I wanted to mention about uh, when we were talking about kids and when they come to camp, there's a different feeling when they walk through the door. So we have a Camp Tuttle sign that you walk through. And when you walk through, you leave what you have behind and you walk through fresh and new. And as you're in camp, you're building new relationships and you're having a new experience with your community and you're being challenged by challenge courses and you're connecting with the presence of God that's all around us. And so you're developing new friendships, community and new experiences. And so when you walk out of Camp Tuttle, when your session is over, you're bringing that experience with you. So you have that you're bringing into the world. So you've, you've changed a little bit and hopefully you've improved a little bit and you've challenged yourself a little bit. So we like to think is when they come to camp, they walk through the doors, they leave what they have behind and they leave Camp Tuttle Gates with a new perspective and they can share that with their community. And I hope that um folks that are thinking about that this is a great opportunity to enrich your children's lives with the beauty of uh, what Camp Tuttle can bring. And so again, thank you so much, Ingrid and Karen, frets and shine. And I'm Craig Worth of the Diocese of Utah, along with Nick Cockrell. And thanks a lot for listening to the Utah Epoch Copalians. <laughs>